degrees. It's in an Atlas Center. Do you have any test operations in restricted area 2508? Area 31, Roger. Traffic is quite luminous and is exhibiting some non-ballistic motion, over. Roger, Aries 31. Continue to send at your discretion, over. Okay, Center. The traffic is approaching head-on, ultra bright, and really moving. They're right by us, right now. There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. Ninety percent of these sightings can be explained, but ten percent cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac Wanwan and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. But first, let me introduce you to the members of the Posse. Girls, sit down, get ready. Get your fans going. Get your big box of Kleenex, your big box of wipes. You squeeze in you because he's here, the very famous Juan Juan. I'm here, the very famous Juan Juan. Thank you for the introduction, Mac. Hello, ladies. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mac Maloney Show. It's going to be fun. You know that? It really is. Okay. You can bet on it. <laughs> we, won't talk, we won't talk about Mac's betting on football. No, no, no. What? Bet what on betting? The show is going to be fun. <laughs> okay. What's the overrunner on that? <laughs> What's the overrunner? <laughs> anyway. Um, no cocoa tonight. Sorry, Milf Skills and Gigi Gills. No cocoa tonight. Out saving the world. Actually saving from his emails. Apparently, he's saving Waikiki Beach. Is that what's going on now? Is he's, he still down there? Unbelievable. Yeah, at night. At night, exactly. <sighs> Patrolling the uh, how's he get How's he get gigs like that? I don't know. Anyway, um, and you think he'd send us a postcard written in English. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Instead of something that Einstein would have trouble reading. Anyway, no cocoa tonight. Sorry, girls. However, our national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Ward, is in the house down there in uh, See You Later, West Virginia. Switch, how you doing? See You Later, West Virginia. I don't know. What is it? Where, where are you? It's true. I, I am in West by God, Virginia. West by God, Virginia. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Something like that. How's things down there? Uh, it's, it, they're beyond wonderful down here. Uh-huh. Now, uh, Halloween is, is uh, come and gone. Uh, what was it like down there for you? Could you tell the difference? That people have masks uh, it, on and not. It's very quiet because they have a, a Halloween celebration several days before uh, on a Friday, so the kids uh, can uh, you know party and everything and not worry about school the next day, which is kind of makes sense. So I didn't have any uh, uh, trick or treaters. I didn't have anybody soaping my windows or TPing my. Well, I don't really have any any shrubs or bushes around my house, so they would have uh, be, have to be very creative to use toilet paper. Yes, yes. yes, everything was very quiet. Hmm. Did you have trick-or-treaters come to your house? No, no, no. no, oh, no. For some reason, this area seems to be a kind of a dead zone when it comes to uh, trick-or-treaters. And you live, <laughs> you live across from us big in the dead UK. Zone, you know what I mean? He lives across from a cemetery too, folks. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, Switchy. We'll come back to you in a second. Uh, also joining us is our head of security, Willie Club. Mac, hi, folks. How are you? Great to be Hello, here tonight. And I, I couldn't start without remarking about Switchy's uh, hair tonight. Hair is uh, really fits good. Something good fits here tonight. <laughs> wow, Switch! But there is something going on. He's got a little, uh, as they say, top lighting in the biz, right? You see the flare off it's the a, top. There's a reflection. I think he put some kind of spray on. Is it, it a spray? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's 
right. that new Mothman spray they have down there, probably. <laughs> now with that background, it looks like it has one of those clip-on uh, ear things. Yeah, right. Well, there's a like, clip-on. But there you go. Oh, there you go. There's this button. Yeah. <laughs> Wowee. Okay, Switch. You got it all going on down there. How are those flea-bitten cats? Have you got rid of them yet? Uh, no, they're doing pretty good. Oh. They're, uh, you know, they're very uh, affectionate and cuddly and uh, oh my God. very entertaining, by the way. If I, my cable ever goes out, yep. it doesn't matter. I've just got, watch them. I've got two cats that uh, uh, that, that, that fight each other, uh, cuddle together, oh. wash each other, and uh, they're sort of, I think they're schizophrenic. And I'm thinking about oh, taking them to a, really? uh, a vet that does, uh, you know, some kind of uh, therapy. Uh-huh. Okay. The cat shrink. Wow. That was often a comment that he has top lighting on his hair. It looks his hair looks like a wave. Does it look like an ocean wave in a way? Yeah, right there. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. unique. Oh, oh, just to move the That's whole thing. Contrast. Not, not a wig. Maybe a, a toupee with double sided duct tape. No, it's... anyway. Also joining us tonight for reasons I can never really fathom, but Raven is here with us tonight. Our favorite good witch up there in Sideways, New York. Raven. Hi, my friends. Thanks for having me. Hello, Raven. How are you? Hello. I'm doing great. Thanks. Good. Tell us the truth. How are you, really? You can tell yeah, us. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little bummed because, well, you know, Halloween's done. We took all our decorations down. But... Already, huh? Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Depressing. Well, you, you took them down already. They, down in Amesbury and Salisbury, they don't take them down until Christmas. You got it. If then. Put the Christmas mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what ha- no, how was day it? After, right I'm like back? that with Christmas, too. The day after, the tree comes down. <laughs> how, uh, how, uh, uh, how was it? How would you rank it in, in Halloween's that you've uh, lived through? Uh, it was dead this year. We oh. had um, a whole, uh, almost two full bowls left over of candy. Oh, what a, what a shame. Normally we get like hundreds of trick-or-treaters. Yeah, huh. And we, I mean, maybe got 40. So why? It was very unusual. Why, I wonder. So I think it's going out of, I, I think Halloween is still bigger than ever. But I think the whole trick-or-treating aspect is kind of slowly fading away, which sucks because that is a fun part, man. Come on, going out all night. Are they... Those like trunk or treat things are are taking over. The what? Uh, the what? The trunk or treat where you like drive, you set your car up, and the kids come and just get the candy out of your car. Whoa! Oh. You, wow. You know, we have them here. Maybe they don't have them there, but yeah, like churches do them and like schools do them. So do you go so, to a parking lot? You mean and people walk between the cars? That type of thing? Yeah, like they set cars up in like a like a big circle, uh-huh. and like you can just go car to car to car. Oh, I like that. That sounds like a drunken potty, frankly, to me. <laughs> it sounds weird. Yeah. Can you yeah. mail order any of that stuff? Uh, I don't think so, unfortunately. Okay. So well, what kind of candy do you have left? What can you entice us with? Because I'll tell you this. When I walked in the station today, there's a big bowl out on the secretary's desk, and it's full of Halloween candy. It's what usually, candy is it? It's usually full, it's usually full of uh, you know these uh, really cool lollipops. But now there's Halloween candy in there, and I stole two, so I'm interested. What what did you have left? What's the what's the best candy you had left? Like little Snickers or something? Well, we did have Snickers left, and like Three Musketeers. I don't I don't mm-hmm. like those. Mm-hmm. Um, Sour Patch Kids, Swedish Fish. Really? Huh. I got like a whole variety, but um, I what I do is I open the bags and I get like everything ready for, you know, the night. Um, mm-hmm. And I take out the candy that I want. So yes, I removed of all of the Twix bars. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah I set those saying. aside for myself. Yep. So that like so those, are, yeah, Twix, oh, yeah. so those yeah. are in a Tupperware set aside for, okay. for future uh, days. Mm, interesting. And <laughs> well, if you, well, now you know, you only have Snickers if you're not feeling yourself. That's right. That's right. <sighs> Snickers is gross. Up. 
No, they're so I, chalky. Oh, no, I like Snickers though, and and also what that club is holding up now an entire bag of Reese's. Uh, That's what I have. Yeah, oh, yeah. peanut butter. See, water. I can't buy those. Those will be gone. Yeah, those. And are... if you're listening to the Mac Jones interview on EDI, they asked him what his favorite Halloween candy was. What he says Reese's. Did he really? Yeah, hmm. he did. This is a yeah, contract for him. Okay, so anyway, what I have here is <clears throat> Whoppers. Remember Whoppers? Oh, yeah. What the oh, uh, the malted milk? milk. Oh, oh yeah, malted oh. milk balls. Yeah, can't beat, them. Oh, can't beat them is right. I was always disappointed. I look at those and think they were chocolate. Oh, I like and malted they were milk balls. Malted. Real wow, switch. Wow. All right, but this is even better. Ready? Milk duds. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, milk yeah, that's all right. That, yeah, milk duds. Those will pass muster. Yeah, that's yeah. best milk friend. Camel load, take get it. Yeah. your fillings out. You ain't kidding. That was in Sugar Daddy's. Ever ever order a chocolate shake and get a malted shake? Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, oh, I, I oh, order it that no. way. God. Why? <laughs> Why? You don't, don't like, like malt? What's the matter with you, Switchy? Why don't oh, you I like it? a visceral oh. reaction to a... Yeah, you ain't kidding. No. I, I thought I hated Whoppers, but damn. No. Mac, you met... No, that's... And, uh, and I, Mac, and I forget. Sugar daddies. You know, a year go by, and I'd be yes. on Halloween again. I'd look, oh, chocolate. And i think, oh, you dummy. They're just malted milk. Oh, oh man. Wow. Horrible. Well, I don't know about where you are, but we have chocolate on, on Circling Hour malted milk balls. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah no he was expecting. To... There's malt in there. You gotta just gotta find a shallow grave and bury them. Wow, <laughs> that's scary. Well, listen. So you don't like malt liquor either? Cold forty five. I would eat eat a mile of candy corn to one mm. malt ball. Really? Yeah, I like them. Wow. I suppose you eat peeps too at Easter, don't you? Tell us. Eat what? Peeps. The chickens. Those disgusting peeps marshmallow. So oh, I like those marshmallow. Yes. No, 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 no marshmallow. Mm -hmm. I like them when they're stale. I open up the, oh, I open up the thing and let them go oh. stale for a few days. Oh. You can bury them in the same grave. <laughs> I feel like that when you're about to throw up, when your mouth gets full of saliva, that's where I'm at right now. And we're, what are we, that's five like you've been minutes starving in? For yeah. two weeks, and that's all you have to eat to survive or peeps. You just go ahead and peel Yeah, just go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would rather just let go me peacefully. Die. Yeah. What's your favorite peep color? Mine is still yellow. I don't care oh. about the other colors. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. By far. Yeah. Oh. No thanks. Yeah. No thanks. You know, it's kind of like the the fruit cake that people pass around at Christmas. Is that oh, what it is? Is oh, it fruit cake oh, they make? Wow, we. And it's only because fruit cake lasts for so long. You know, you can give it to someone, regift it ten years later, and they won't know the difference. But they're just going to give it to someone else. I don't think I've ever had a piece of fruit cake. Fruit cake is Satan's spawn. <laughs> In a good way or a bad way? A, a really bad way. Oh, really? Okay. Well, Thanksgiving is coming, so uh, what does it look like for uh, the bird, the uh, the bird population? And what's your favorite uh, bird? Turkey. Turkey. Yeah, turkey Forget and ham. the butterball, right, with the pop-up thing? Yep. There's a shortage of, of turkeys. turkeys. They had a, so, yeah. kind of a flu. Oh, turkey. yeah. Turkey. So Man, turkeys are up 20% price-wise. Dressing. Forget the ham, man. Yeah. yeah, no, ham, no. Man, I haven't had ham in a long time, but... Yeah, it's uh, turkey, gravy, mashed potatoes, squash, lots of butter. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet potatoes. Yeah. Yeah, sweet potatoes. Yep. Apple pie. Nah, sweet ice potatoes. Cream. You, you can put those on the side. Yeah. <laughs> Same yeah, with cranberry you, sauce. No, I'm really hungry. Cranberry sauce, man. Yeah, cranberry sauce can suck it. Yeah. What, oh, yeah, what? Yeah. what? What? Wait a minute. Hold it. You don't like cranberry Maybe sauce? It's made in New England, you know. I you don't like cranberry sauce? in New England. I don't care where they make That's it. Right. You might as well just bury mm -hmm. it. Oh, oh, spray. I can't eat it. Without, I can't eat, I can't, there's a lot of things I can't eat without cranberry sauce. So I've cut down, 
you know, in the past few years, but I used to put creamy sauce on everything, a lot of sugar in it. But yeah. every, I mean, mm. everything. It was uh, mm. my thing. Mm. But you, you don't well, like it. Why? Like share on the same page for just, this entire conversation. Just today. Yeah, well, yeah, I think it's regional. Cranberry juice. Yeah, that's you yeah. go. The cranberry sauce is good for the, you. The kind that's homemade. It's not like the canned stuff where it's a jellied mm. mess, which really is loaded with sugar. The, the homemade stuff that can be really good. Oh yeah, homemade. Yeah, bought it yeah. In the bag yeah, sure. and it wasn't homemade, but it's you know it's got like. Half cranberries in it, and it's really, uh, you know, yeah. there's a lot of cranberries in it. It, takes a, the, it's, it also takes a long time to do it. I'll tell you what, why don't we do this? I'm hungry now, and I got to go get some more Halloween candy. <laughs> why don't we take a break now? And uh, we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Moon Tracks Show here on the Disney Thunder Radio Network. Imagine if there was a super secret satellite in outer space that could read your thoughts and alter your reality. Imagine if the U.S. government had no knowledge that this satellite even existed. Now imagine if such a powerful weapon fell into the wrong hands. In the latest adventure of Mac Maloney's best-selling detective series, codenamed Starman, Lieutenant Chris Starr of the Navy's X-Files team is given his strangest case yet, track down the ghost of a rogue Navy SEAL who holds the secret to the God Satellite. Once again, teamed with beautiful Irish detective Mara McCann, Starr finds himself looking for clues from the streets of Rome to a mysterious snow-covered mountain in Arizona to Africa's forbidding skeleton ghost, and finally, in outer space itself. But it's only when he realizes a secret vision in the desert points right back to where the case started does Star finally learn what the God Satellite is really about. That's the God Satellite, codenamed Starman, book number three by Mac Maloney, on sale on Amazon and in bookstores everywhere. And listen to Mac's show to learn how you can win a free copy. There's a monster in Tokyo Bay, hundreds of feet tall and breathing fire. It's able to destroy whole cities, sink entire battle fleets, and knock swarms of jet fighters from the sky. But there's another even more dangerous resident of the bay. A secretive psychopath intent on covering the planet with nuclear-armed booby traps unless the world's population bends to their demands. Meanwhile, a mysterious group of reborn medieval warriors has taken to the air. Strange signals are being picked up from outer space, and witnesses report seeing hundreds of ghost planes flying in the night skies over Tokyo. Sailing off the coast of Japan aboard the United American Navy's mega aircraft carrier, the USS USA, it's Hawk Hunter, the wingman. He must investigate these unusual occurrences while trying to thwart the criminal's apoplectic plan. But will his actions save the planet or lead to World War IV? Find out in Mac Maloney's exciting new novel, The Jericho Storm. Filled with dozens of dogfights, sea battles, and brutal hand-to-hand combat, The Jericho Storm is book 21 in Mac's best-selling Wingman series. Team up with Hawk's longtime allies, as well as a few new ones, including fighter pilots Switchblade Steve Ward and Jocko Johnson. That's Wingman 21, The Jericho Storm. On sale now at your local bookstore and on Amazon. I said the Navy, not the Coast Guard. The Navy, <laughs> a Popeye was in. Oh, he'd be happy to hear that. Maybe he's the alien. Popeye as an alien. Wow. Popeye the sailor man. Remember that. Right. Olive oil, also an alien. <laughs> yeah. Bluto. He's definitely an alien. From another planet. Yeah. Bluto the burger guy? Wimpy. Yeah. We should That's wimpy. wimpy. He's from Venus. Wimpy. Wimpy. Yeah, huh. <laughs> oh, almost writes itself. That was my nickname as a kid. Wimpy? Yeah, because I ate so many burgers. Really? <laughs> That's his story? Stick to it. Yeah. Really? Yeah, Wimpy. <laughs> What would they call you if it was hot dogs? <laughs> wow, where'd that voice come from? I don't know.
Welcome back everyone to Mac Maloney's Mule Tracks, our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Well, what a show we have for you tonight. Very quickly here, uh, the members of the Posture Girls, very famous one moment is here. Hello, Mac. Hello, girls. Welcome to the show. Also with us is uh, national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Ward, down there in uh, West Virginia. Uh, hello, Mac. Hello, girls. Uh, great to be here. Hello, girls, you said. That's the second time. I know. Uh, yeah, consecutive weeks, you said that. Just trying to climb up the ladder a That's little okay. bit. That's you know? okay. Yes. Uh, by the way, speaking of girls, middle skills, and Gigi Gills, no, Coco. Still up saving the world. But uh, Switch is here, and also our security chief is here, Willie Club. Hi, Mac. Hi, everyone. He had his uh, hand in a uh, big bag of Reese's. Uh, Peanut butter cups earlier. Oh, you, you had me nervous when you said that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, oh, no. I, I thought you were going to say cookie wait. jar. I oh. thought you could see full screen there. Well, <laughs> well, all right. No, we, remember, we spoke to you about that. No more full screen. No more. Right, kidding. Sorry. Hang on. Uh, and also with us, so far anyway, is Raven. Raven, how are you tonight? Friends, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Now, you got, some, uh, e- you got some fan mail this week. Did you read it? I did. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I was very. <laughs> Go ahead, say it. I was uh, very taken aback. Um, I mean, they they hit the nail on the head, you know. Oh, um, um, okay. Sure did. When? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, should I? I'll explain it if you want. We got sure. several requests for, for out of the blue. It's funny how things happen, but several requests for Raven's photograph. Um, some of them just to collect, and others just uh, proof of existence. Let's say, as they say, proof of life as they say in the kidnapping biz. He really wanted to know what you look like. And so we sent him a picture, and now he's going to be stalking you very soon. So <laughs> Good. Great. <laughs> At the price of fame. Uh, well, you know, Mac, they didn't ask me for my picture to see if I was too fat. <laughs> and, uh, or and, ugly, as it turns out. Go ahead. And, and look, I'm a, a man of a certain age. I might have put on a couple pounds, uh-huh. you know? I mean, I, I don't want to be self-conscious about that. that okay. And he got the thing going on your head. Uh, uh, club, <laughs> club told me to say that. No, all but right. I thought that would that, that would get a lot of interest. You know, people like to see how you change your look all the time. You know, do, you could probably send out three or four of them with all your different looks. Well, club, I have people that uh, that people. kind of uh, that they a, have a whole. Uh, do you remember the uh, the old Dick Van Dyke show? Oh yeah. Well, this is goes back in the old days. But uh, uh, who was it? Carl Reiner yep. played his boss, yep. Alan Brady. Yep. yep. And and it was revealed on yeah. the show in the in the you know that he was uh, wore a toupee. Right. So there's this hysterical scene yep. where you see him where he's finally admitted that he wears a toupee and he has all these different uh, toupees lined up on these uh, fake heads uh, <laughs> to show the different kinds of. Uh, uh, toupees that he wore, Toupe, yes. and uh, it was anyway. It was very hilarious. If you uh, watch some of the old uh, cable channels, you can see it. But uh, you know, it kind of it. Uh, I related to it. Let's it, put it that way. It was with uh, Mary Tyler Moore. She's the one who like spits out in an interview exactly. that he's bald. Okay, so he calls her in, and of course she's, uh, you know, you know how she was, and then you know the nervous is. Is Rob going to lose his job? And he's then Kyle Ryan is like the tyrant. So he goes in and he's going to, he's got like it, six it of them. It was a great episode. They, they really had some good writing on that TV show. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's saying to them, guys, look at this. He's addressing them like this, <laughs> friends of his. I know. Yeah. And, and he has the, the two pays that show like he's he's receding, his hairline's receding a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, all the different stages. And yeah. It was extremely funny. Almost very, like a Peter one. Funny. Yeah. It was really funny. Yeah. That, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know if it's funny now. 
to like kids. I think, kids. I think it would. I think that some of that uh, humor holds up. In, kids like Raven, even in the modern age. Yeah, I would. I I would hope so because I'll tell you, they were really back then. They were really funny shows. It might be a different kind of humor, but. They were just really funny shows, and a lot of like they're you say, really right? funny without having to be gross well, or, or, or anything. They're just or it's a lot being, of jokes, you know, being demeaning to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was great humor. It, it, it was, was uh, good stuff. Like good guys like Woody wrong. Allen and Kyle Reiner, and you know all those guys came up and they did Mash. They did you know Dick Van Dyke. They did Mash. A lot of those guys. And so, Raven, you you remember funny. all this, right? No. Oh yeah, Legos yesterday. Nah, you okay. see, now she's making well, fun of you. Still on TV, you know, on like TV and decades TV, and uh, yeah, still you know, ancient uh, history to, TV. Yeah, we used to watch um, Mash. It was on um, TV Land. Yeah, yeah, TV Land. Yeah, yeah. I liked that. Yeah, really, huh? I never really liked it. After the first two years, when uh, what's his name left, it got into this kind of modeling thing. It got into an anti-war thing a lot. Uh, did see the uh, last episode though, along with four billion people. Anyway, so let's. Why don't we do this? We have a top ten list. Raven has it, and uh, we we'll go to that now. Rave, do you have it? I sent it to um, you. You didn't send that to me. Yes, I don't say that. Not you. Ooh, wow! Wow! Oh. wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, we I almost choked on my uh, well, the milk we ball. We make a night without it. I just, uh, I'd wing it. I, I about three weeks ago, I actually, I had to wing it. Wow! If this had a boo section, I gotta use. It does have a boo, doesn't it? Uh, I don't know. I can't read Mine that. Mine does. <laughs> Thank you. Not the same one you have. I just don't bring it on the show. I don't hear it. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. The bottom button is the boo button, isn't it? <laughs> it's uh, uh, yes, it is. I've never pushed <laughs> that button. <laughs> okay. Okay. Got to keep myself optimistic. Okay, so anyway, this better be funny. So we have a top ten list, right, Raven? After my heart is now beating normally again. Yes, we do. Okay. <laughs> uh, we have top ten reasons Club would make a good Batman. Top ten reasons Club would make a good Batman. All right, start the music. Start the music. Um, he looks great in tights. He looks great in tights. Hang on, right? I mean, no, I'm not going to say boo to that. I'll tell you. You know that's true. I, I agree. You know, I have my orange speedo that I wear for Halloween. <laughs> TMI always is uh, very big. <laughs> oh, really? Favorite. And he wonders why no one comes to Chick Cheese's house. Number nine, please. Right. Uh, he already looks like the commissioner, so it's a perfect duo identity. Right? Doesn't he look like Commissioner Gordon Switchy? You know. Y- yes. Oh, he yeah, looks. Yeah. He could be easily a substitute for Commissioner Gordon. Okay. Answering the bat phone. Number eight, please. Uh, number eight, um, he's got the capes. 256 of them arranged by color, season, and mood. <laughs> well, I thought I heard that wrong. Let's read that one more time, please. Number eight. <laughs> he's got the capes. He's got the 256 capes. 256 of them, all arranged by color, season, and mood. True. That's as That's funny as uh, Mother's Day at an orphanage. Oh, come on. <laughs> wow. We. Hoofa. <laughs> he ain't woke. Go ahead, next. The sensors when we need them. Yeah, really. Uh, number seven. Uh, the clubhouse is way cooler than the bat cave. Uh, right. True. I would say because bat caves, like you picture a bat cave, and it just seems icky. Icky, yeah, because there's a lot of bat guano going exactly. on. Exactly. Plus, switch. I mean, uh, club has uh, Reese's uh, peanut butter cups and his cave. We know that. Next, please, Raven. Um. Uh, 
Um, six. Uh, he can woo Batgirl, Batwoman, Supergirl, Superwoman, Lana Lang, Lois Lane, Hawkwoman, Wonder Woman, and Miranda, Queen of the Mole People, simply with his charm, chivalry, and gallant flair. Oh, that's a mouthful. <laughs> well, that's the plus line for that one. Yeah, no else. There's another joke in there somewhere, but we're not going there. Next, please, right. Number five. Um, imagine the day he reveals his secret identity and people say, oh, my God, it's the Pope. Right. <laughs> Next, please, right. Uh, four. Um, he, his very good friend, Ozzy Osbourne, taught him the proper way to cook a bat, and he's never looked back. Right, right. He's a connoisseur of the uh, reptile. You Ozzy. Thanks, please, right. Yeah. Uh, three? Um, except for those nights when he can't fight the urge to fly around in search of fruit fly swarms, small birds' eggs, and sucking blood from cows, he's a very effective crime fighter. Right. Okay, everyone is ups and downs, we understand. Your plot doesn't mind. Next, please, Raven. Wow. Uh, two. How do you think they caught Whitey Bulger? Right. With Batman's help, of course. And please, right. is this number and one? The number one reason Club would make a good Batman, he can kick the shit out of Mothman. There you go. No problemo. <laughs> no. Who'd win that fight? Fight the words. Fake news. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> Wow, we okay. That was a long road, but I really like Batman. So, and now you see they're doing a spinoff uh, no. about the, just the penguin. It's going to be all about the penguin. Now. Uh, <clears throat> so they're milking yeah. the whole, uh, you know, idea. You know, they're, you know, none of those movies are any good. That's what kind of stinks about it. It'd be very cool if they were good movies, but they're not. Those are the latest Batman movie we talked about. It was like really, really bad with that guy. The movie yeah. industry seems to be Joker. struggling for ideas. Is she, well, well, look uh, what they did with the Joker. The Joker was a good movie, though. Oh yeah, but that, that was rough. It was rough to watch. Yeah, yeah, but that guy did a great job. Now I'm always downing on movies, but that's a really good movie. And what, what's his name? Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. odd guy. Odd guy. But Ooh, he he's, can get yeah, it. He can. Ooh. He gets it. Yeah, he can get it, and he he kind of he kind of gets it too. I would see him in a movie called "Is It She or Her?" Her, her, was it her? When he falls in love with the artificial intelligence uh, person on this, uh, that's a that's a great movie. You know, that is a really really good movie, and it's mostly because of him because he's a really good actor. You know, I know in in real life he's like way out there, baby. But so the Joker's a good movie. He's excellent, Johnny Cash. And Johnny Cash, yes. that Johnny Cash movie. Who knew? I mean, there were times when they're great. shooting him, and it looks exactly like him. It was crazy. And um, he was uh, he was sickeningly good in uh, the Gladiator. The Gladiator. Oh yeah, he's a nut. He was. A nut. Oh, oh, he was the emperor. Yeah, just like a nut. Yeah, that's one of those nutty guys back then. Yeah, and and he was also in that movie about what happened here in 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 Seabrook, where they the teacher killed her husband and had the um had the three kids. Uh, do it and uh, friend, smart. yeah, yeah, yeah. in that movie that they made with uh, Nicole Kidman playing her. Oh, he was in that. He was in that. He's one of the kids. Yeah, great movie. Wow. First time I watched that, and I realized that she's an actress and not just a movie star. You mean Nicole? Yes, she's really good in that. Yeah. So anyway, like she Nicole. had a good wig too. She had a, a wig. She doesn't wear wigs. That's her yeah. nephew. Yeah. No, she we don't. talked about this a long time ago. She yeah. always wears wigs. All wigs. No. What's amazing to me is that she's Australian, right? 
Yes. But very rarely have I ever heard her talk Australian. Just if she's interviewed or something. Even when yeah. she's with, you know, with Keith Urban, yeah. who's definitely Australian. The mystery man. talks like that. Yeah. Why well, are they married? He doesn't sing like that, but it's, it's funny how, I don't know, she never sounds Australian to me. And maybe a rare movie uh, interview clip or something, but mm. she doesn't talk you know, a lot. Oh, because she's never playing yeah. in Australian. I think she's always most of her roles. She's playing an American. Always, know? yeah, most of the time, definitely playing American. Hmm. Except for that one, um, the about the drover. The, the um, I think that takes place in Australia. Um, he's a cattle drover. Driver. She falls in love with the guy. Hmm. Um, yeah. I'll tell you, listen. Played by Hugh Jackman, I believe. Oh, yeah, really, huh? Yeah. yeah. Isn't it just called Australia? Lost my kid. Yeah, that's what it's called, they I think, right. They didn't exactly. Bring any brain cells to it couldn't think uh -huh. of the title. <laughs> Must have run out, out of titles. Uh, so, yeah, uh, anyway. It takes place like out in the fringes of the outback. Mm -hmm. now, I didn't get into it. Now that we're didn't? talking. No, it's good. It's a good. It's a good love story, too. It's got some action in it. It's nice. Now that we're Ray talking. I didn't get into it, so therefore. I couldn't get into it. So, How about yeah. TV? So well, don't waste your time. What we uh, did the other day was last weekend was watched, rewatched True Detective, the first year of True Detective. Ever seen that? With no. Woody Harrelson and uh, Matthew McConaughey. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Is there another season? There's like three or four of them, but none of them match the first season. First season oh, is. Really? Because the first season was insane. I never liked either of those guys. Never liked either of them till I saw this and I said, once again, acting like you wouldn't believe. You know, just, just. A yeah. great story, great acting, you know, rough around the edges, but man, what a story. What a mystery. What a. It was. It was. Incredible. Hey, are we going to talk about Nope tonight now that I watched it? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Nope. We're gonna, we can talk about Nope. Sure. I'll tell you what. Why don't we very quickly take a break and then we'll be right back. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Miller Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. We've all heard of Area 51 the U.S. government's top secret base in the Nevada desert. But have you ever heard of Area 52 or 53 or 54? 54? 54. How about Tonopah Test Range or the Navy's secret base inside the Bermuda Triangle? Find out about them and more in Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Did Richard Nixon show Jackie Gleason a crashed alien spaceship near the swamps of Florida? Is it true that more UFOs are seen over a small Scottish village than anywhere else in the world? And is there a secret place in Russia that some people think is heaven on earth? In Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, you'll visit more than a dozen top secret places around the globe. The haunted forests of New Jersey. A valley in Colorado where shadows come alive and humans can fly without wings. And where's the only secret base in America that's not been visited by UFOs? You've heard Mac talk all about these places on his radio show. Now you can read all about them yourself. That's Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Now on sale at Amazon. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed, the Phantom Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Hong's Hats, 
and the very mysterious M-Triangle. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now, get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, with a forward by the very famous Juan Juan. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. Black Eyed Kid is waving to me frantically. Okay, it turns out he wrote to me. He's got a little bit of a, he's shy. He's a shy kid, Mark. You know that, right? Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. In my observations, yeah. A little bit of a crush on Raven. So, um, yeah, he just asked if he could just have the mic eh, just for 30 seconds or so just to uh, deliver some pickup lines to her. Raven, you ready? You better drink about two or three more of those. Okay, go I'm ahead. Ready. All right, hey, kids ready? Here we go. Hey, Raven, are you a magician? Because when I look at you, everyone else disappears. <laughs> right. That's good. I've never heard that one. Good. Come on, Wawa, where are you? I thought you'd say, ah, oh, at least that. Okay, all right. That's, that, good. That's a good one. Want to give it a, a on a scale of one to ten? Give it a. I'm jealous. I didn't think of that one. Eight? Uh, that's that's easily like a 200. Wow, oh. kid. Okay, let's go. Yeah. Why don't we just go on and let's see how far this goes. Do you have more? Okay, okay good. Uh, hey, Raven, did you just come out of the oven? Because you're hot. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Why don't we just move on? Let's see how quick this goes. You're forking me. I'm done. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Juicing it up. I give it a four. A four? Okay. Oh, thanks. Out of ten? <laughs> four out of ten. Okay, good. Four out of four? Okay. Hey, Raven, do you like raisins? Yeah. Then how about a date? <laughs> oh. Boy, are these the old bar pickup lines or what? Oh, yeah. These are clever. Oh, yeah. For creativity, that is awesome. a 10. They always crack me up. I made these up. Go ahead. Uh, let's just go with it. Oh. Okay, go. Okay. <laughs> Do you know CPR? Because you take my breath away. Oh, <laughs> She's vomiting. Mm. Okay. Isn't that a song from Top Gun? Yes. Yeah. Top Gun 2 sure coming is. out. In Middle tooth uh, Tom Cruise there. This week. Uh, please, kid, let's get us out of this. Go. Okay. Hey, Raven, do you have an extra height? Because mine has just been stolen. <laughs> oh, I see. You're wearing her down there, kid. That's good, too. Yeah, okay. Like Go ahead, please, kid. I can do it again. Okay. Hey, Raven, did you just come out of the oven? Because you look yummy. Oh, oh. take up a turn. Okay, let's go. Move. Go ahead. Next one, please, kid. Kids. Hey, Raven, you remind me of my sister. But in a romantic way. <laughs> That's the best one. Oh my god, it's oh, so wow. um it's so flattering. Because yes. I know you love your sister. So much. No, so much. <laughs> oh yeah, please. Nice kid. Hey Raven. I bought the most expensive binoculars in the world. That's how much I love you. <laughs> 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 Finishing strong. Wow. Oh, yep. Go, oh, please. Okay, ready? Yep. Hey, Raven. I secretly changed my name to your name. <laughs> so when I tongue kiss the mirror, I'll feel like we're finally doing it. Oh, <laughs> oh she left the bar on that one. Uh, Hello, are you still mm -hmm. there? You broke her. <laughs> <I'm> screaming. <laughs> yeah, that might be She's it. calling 911, I think. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go one more. Let's see what happens. Should I do one more? Okay. Yep. 
Hey, Raven, does this rag smell like chloroform to you? <laughs> Ten point off. Wow. If you don't answer, I know it's true. <laughs> next, next, please. Let's see what happens, please. Um, can I read your T-shirt, Raven, in Braille? <laughs> Fantastic. I'm very thorough. She's I almost spit my beer out. She left. <sighs> Blind people matter. Wow. I gotta clear the fog. Right. My, uh, I shirts. see, I see. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> hey, Raven, but you help me find my lost puppy? I think you went to that cheap motel room across the street. <laughs> wow. I said she'd love it. Let's see what happens. Okay, go on, kid. Let's Can go. I say another? Okay. Hey, Raven. Just say yes now, and I won't have to spike your drink. <laughs> oh my God! Pick up lines on the kid. I love you more than my jar of fingers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Don't God! Don't point fingers at me. Okay, is it, are we at the feet. end? Yeah, you point your finger, okay. you lose it. I got one more. Okay, one, one more, gang. Okay. Hey, Raven. The last time I saw a body like yours, I was burying it in my basement. Welcome back, everyone, to Macaroni's News Tracks, our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Macaroni. What a show we have for you tonight. Uh, in the house is uh, JJ. Not really. He's across the puddle. JJ, one one. Hello, everybody. Chopping on some Reese's. Pardon my chewing. Uh, We're all eating Halloween candy here, as it turns out. Oh, man. Gotta love it. No cocoa. He's out in Hawaii saving the world. However, uh, Switchblade Steve Ward is here. Yes, I am here. Somewhere in the um, in the big bag of fan mail that Raven got, there was and one listen, letter. I am in uh, saving the world in my own way. In your own way, good. Okay, and you're being very quiet about it. Someone asked, why is Steve's na- nickname Switchblade? So I told them that whole sad story about stiletto heels and stuff like that. Do you remember that? <laughs> Do we have to go over that it, again? It, it, you know what, Mac? It is a sad story, but it has a happy ending. It does, really? Okay. All yeah. right. In all context of that phrase. Actually, you know, we none of us use our real names on the show. That's no big secret. So we wanted to come up with a nickname for Switch because you're so sharp. And it, so it, well, we, no, it's because I'm in the witness protection program. Okay, that too. And um, so we, we said, how about Stiletto Steve Ward? And for a couple of shows, we actually did Stiletto Steve Ward. But then he wrote me this letter. It had teardrops on it, like tear stains. And he said, please... Why do you call me that? Stiletto won't go well. And where we are, it means switchblade, you know? Well, as you recall, you would also talk about, I used to live a little bit east of Battle Creek, Michigan. Battle Creek is the serial capital of the world. There is. And you would make jokes about Tony the Tiger. Go ahead. So, so where's I, the, I just where's the connection? people out there in, in Radio Land thinking, <laughs> here's this guy wearing a Tony the Tiger t-shirt 
wearing stiletto high heels. Someone actually sent that picture to us of Tony the Tiger in <laughs> oh, stiletto God. high heels. Oh, God. So he said, uh, he said that many times on the letter, too. And then he said, can we switch it? So we switched it to switchblade. Where we live, a stiletto is a split switchblade. Where he lives, it's a woman's high heel that one lot by transvestites. Well, you know what, Mac? It actually uh, lends to the idea that you are actually a compassionate individual. Hmm. That you changed my nickname. Wow. Okay. Thank you, Switch. Yep. People should should acknowledge that and praise you for it. <laughs> wow. Praise well, sometimes me. Sometimes we mistakenly <laughs> Christmas card to blade. you this year. Sorry, Wani. What'd you say? <laughs> anyway, so that's the story about. Instead of sending you a picture of Switch, I figured we would just tell the story. Well, you know, Mac, I think they would probably be overwhelmed by my handsome countenance hmm. if you were to send out pictures. Really? Break the camera type thing? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, he, he is good looking. Over. He is good yes. looking. He's a very good looking guy. He looks like he should be uh, catching fish off the uh, coast of Norway somewhere, don't you think? Yeah. Don't he have that ship captain? Look? Let's have Club weigh in to see if I'm. Mm. he thinks I'm a weighing look, look, looking guy uh, uh, catching fish off Norway. Okay, let's go. go he ahead. does have that Richard Dreyfus look a little bit. Nah, you know, don't insult you know, him. I, I, when, I, when I think about your, your nicknames, which you obviously, that's a violent uh, nickname, and I think that we ought to come up with a new one. I personally think you ought to be called Curly, but... <laughs> I'm the kind of guy that they don't allow to, to, to use any kind of sharp instruments at all. So it's one of those, you know, very okay. ironic uh, nicknames. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I yeah you do look way. like you came out of a nuthouse sometimes. Oh, wow, wow, wow. wow. Okay. <laughs> I, I so much appreciate that. Yeah. Thank okay. you I meant that in a nice way. He said that with love. I, I, I know you did. I could tell by the tone of your voice. Anyway. You're, you're out. <laughs> This is running out of batteries tonight. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> we had a uh, discussion last week, past couple of weeks, about this um, UFO movie called Nope. Um, it is um, the guy who did it was uh, Jordan. His name is Jordan Peele. He's done a number of really odd movies before, and this one is very odd too. He did uh, Get Out, which was very kind of crazy but interesting. He was part of the uh, comedy team of Peele, and who's the other guy, Raven? Ian Peel. Right. They were really funny. I mean, they really did some very funny kind of out of the uh, envelope stuff. But he's turned into this guy who is now uh, gets money for movies, and the movies are different. Uh, so, anyway, he does this uh, UFO movie. Uh, uh, um, Raven saw it, and I saw it, and our club has seen it. And club wanted to weigh in on what he thought. So, Raven, you might want to strap in for this. I'm just, and I say that in the nice way. Go ahead, club. Did you like it or no? Hold on. First off, before we get into it, what, what, uh, streaming service is it on uh, we, I think uh, it's we, on a pay-per-view yeah, pay I, I don't thing. think I know I, I just you know you go in and you say the name of the show and it brings it right, right. up and, and just so you I don't know what network. do you have to buy it or is it part of I a, think oh, you buy it, rent it. Into a, right. a rent it okay. we bought it on Prime Prime yeah that's it, it on Prime like Amazon and, and yeah I, it wasn't worth five ninety nine. well listen here's the elevated pitch real quick it's a modern day western slash UFO slash scary movie if you can believe it, okay? And it's it's a very contained movie. I bet if you lined up all the people in it, there's maybe 30 people in it, if that, you know? I mean, mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it really kind of concentrates on this central kind of family of characters. Very odd, very unusual, very unusual way to tell a UFO story, but I think there's a backstory to it. I mean, there's an underlying theme to it. But anyway, Club, you uh, spit up your popcorn when you watch it? Oh, I mean, I had a lot of trouble with that. I enjoyed it. It's funny because I did enjoy it. 
there's something about it. But I, as soon as I get off, I sent you folks an email telling you what the hell was that all about? <laughs> okay. it, it's, you know, it, first of all, it's part of it's a takeoff on Tom Cruise's War of the Worlds. It's a War of the World thing going right, on. Where that thing sucks all the blood up and everything. I mean, that was so that was just a copycat there. But the, somebody's got to explain to me what happened to that flying saucer. It became, mm. you know, so I, you know, I, I just I don't know if I want to give it away, but um, it's I, I I just I was banging my head against the wall. My wife refused to watch it, and mm. so when I walked out of there, out of the room in a haze, I, she <laughs> could understand uh, why. Um, but did, tell me, tell me what 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 is it? I. You mean the way the UFO transforms itself? Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Okay, I, I um I I have my own theory on that, and I have my own theory on what the whole thing is about too. The whole nope thing is about. But Raven, do you want to jump in here? I I have my theories. Um, and again, it's it's a touchy thing because if right. we if we say too much, it'll give it away. Um, I mean, we can. I guess we can kind of just interject that there might be possible spoilers, like maybe for another three minutes. Mm -hmm. And if anyone doesn't want to hear it, they can skip ahead. Yeah, it's it's um, I don't think we could explain the plot in that time. I don't think we can explain the plot, but I think we can explain the fact that it's really not a UFO. Right. Right. I think uh, this is and I think maybe people get stuck on that because I was getting stuck on it. Um, And I think that it's because it is a, a being, it uh, it takes that turn, which is why I thought it was very interesting that they showed that uh, animals and, you know, whatever are unpredictable in, mm. in our controlled setting. Um, so mm. I, it's hard to say more than that without giving it away, but I was stuck on that and I had to have Mr. Raven explain it to me. Really? I, I laughed my ass off the last half of the show. I mean, it was... Yeah, it was just, uh, it was comical. I mean, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. I, I looked at it uh, as a comedy, uh, the second half in particular. The, um, I think, and maybe I'm just looking uh, too deep into it, because as you know, I went to film school one one. Um, I, I think it goes back to that whole thing that if you're, um, if you're about to be placed under arrest, you, you don't want to you know, look the cop in the eye type thing. Where would you get that from? Uh-huh. Getting, well, it's like getting pulled um, over by the cops a, a lot. thing, like you know how how Furbies have front-facing eyes, so mm. you know that they're a predator. Oh, so, okay. if if something is able to stare you right straight in the eyes, mm-hmm. that's a predator, and this guy figured it out. Right. Well, that's um, a very that's a better way of putting it. Chimpanzees, and mm. um, I I did think it was interesting when. The part after, like, basically all the chaos of, like, the the middle to the end of the movie Sending, where yeah. the whole house is just doused in stuff, fluids, let's say. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it, it, it makes it, everything clicks from the beginning of the movie with the, what was it, a key or a nickel? Yeah, something. Key. yeah key. And I'm like, because I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah. I was so confused. And then, like, everything clicked and I was just like, oh, wow, it's literally clicked- like. Just dropping a D. <laughs> that if that clicked with you, I don't know what you were on that, that show. I should have taken something, but uh, give maybe us some. I would have been able to figure yeah. it out. Okay, right. <laughs> it's it, it, it's an interesting movie. I think the acting is really good in it. Yeah, and yeah. acting is great. And the, that the fact that there are these you know um, Western 
uh, they train horses, which I know has a lot to do with it too, because they they get a little bit into training wild animals and stuff like that. And weird things kind of happen on this ranch out in the middle of nowhere. And I think that the whole idea of bringing in that that kind of sad amusement park is really kind of cool. You know, that's like Fellini esque, and um, you know, there's they have this big thing they talk about, it and then you know, like it's a big deal, and then they go, and the guy's putting on the show, and there's like ten people in the stands, you know. So I mean, they got funny. a chimpanzee at the beginning, and what he does. Well, right, the I mean, chimp. You think it's going to be the most violent movie in the world? Yeah. Because it starts so bizarre with his chimp. Yeah, there's a and chimp. And then through it, all of a sudden, he sees one of his cohorts up in the stands wearing a hat with her face covered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, I guess, relates to the chimp looking at that because little he, thing. But my God. He, he ripped that, the face well, off. That, that was his co host yes. from the mm-hmm. beginning, and yeah. he ripped her to shreds. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, As chimpanzees are known to do. To see her. I thought she was dead. I'll tell you, you know, it's a hell of a I mean, movie because it includes Dan, wouldn't you these... rather be dead at that point? You got, <laughs> you yeah. got no lips. You, you look know. like that. Yeah, yeah. What's Ooh. the point, right? I recommend everyone see it after it gets on for free. You know, after it runs about a month on pay-per-view, you know, then you'll be able to get it for free. Yeah. And you, you got to see it. It's, it's... It's, it's a very bizarre, odd movie. But, in, in a, in, 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 you know, you, you include all this stuff. There's a UFO in it too, which is really grows scarier, let's say, you know. But yeah, I, everyone I, should see it, and then and then come at right. us, and and we'll you know we can always talk about it, you know. I, I think it, it's 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 way above you know your your cookie cutter movies that you see. I'd rather see a movie like that than you know Men in Black Four with Tommy Lee and uh, what's his name. Um, you know, I, I think it's just an interesting way to present the UFO movie. Anyway, it's called Nope. It's it's funny. There's there's definitely funny Weird parts titles. in it. Yep, and, it, and, and therapy it's after perfect it. title. <laughs> there's probably some therapy involved if uh, you really go a deep dive into it. But just an interesting movie. Nope, called Nope. I hope he makes one now called Yep. But he's a funny guy. I mean, if you see some of his when he was with that other guy, some of the stuff that they did was really, yeah, uh, really outrageous. I don't even want to bring it up. But if you get a chance, what's yeah. what's the other guy's name again? So his name is Jordan Peele, and the other guy is Keegan Michael Key. And I'm pretty sure their show Key and Peele was Peel. also on Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it was on Comedy Central, but I'm pretty sure you can stream it on Prime. Yeah, you can and they find have, it somewhere. I think there's like nine seasons. It is so funny. Yeah. It is so worth watching. It's. Um, let me see if there's one I can say it at one point. Um, <laughs> they they uh, try to. In, it's World War Two, and they're trying to infiltrate the SS or something, the spies, okay? But they're black guys, okay? So they have to kind of convince the Nazis that they're really with them and stuff, and it's 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 funny. I don't know. It's, it's uh, you know, kind of odd. We can make uh, Nazis funny, can't we? Hogan's Heroes. Well, yeah. Come on, let's go. Yeah. You know? They actually can I just finish on one thing on Nope? Mel Brooks. Please, Mel Brooks. On, on Nope. Spring time for Hitler. Hmm? Nope, I only counted he said nope once. Oh, yeah. Okay, I I think I know when. He only said it once, yeah. That would be a good contest. Yeah. When did he say nope? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It was in the the movie. It was in the barn. No. No. In the truck. In the truck, yep. 
Yeah. So and, he says it twice then, because he oh, definitely he says it, it in the barn. Okay, you well, I'll have to watch it again when it's free. Okay. <laughs> you can watch it again when it's free. Okay. But I'll, I'll fast forward. watch it again. <laughs> but, I, but that's another, like, okay, can't, you can't really say in the context that he says it, but he's in the barn, and he sees something, and he looks at it, and he's like, nope, nope. and turns around. And I'm like, that's exactly right. what you say in that situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was probably out, out of it by then. Anyway, nope. Go see nope. Interesting movie, as you can tell him. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take a quick commercial break now, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Milk Tracks, show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. My dad, he's a double amputee, and uh, he's one of my favorite people in the world. To me, a hero is someone who fights for our country and freedom. My dad is a hero. Homes for our troops built this house, and my dad can get through the wide doorways. He can reach anything. Homes for Our Troops builds and donates specially adapted custom homes nationwide for severely injured post-9-11 veterans and enables them to rebuild their lives. Join our mission at hfotusa.org. Speaking of falling out of the sky, Raven is with us. What's that line? Did it hurt when you fell from heaven? Oh, yeah, like a pickup line? I mean, did it? Yes. Well, not a pickup line, but just a nice thing to say. I like the mirror in the pocket one better. That's my favorite. What is it? What is? <laughs> tell us that one, please. Never heard Giving that. me say it. Yes, please. Yes. I've never heard that one. No. Is that a mirror in your pocket? Oh, are you just glad okay. to see me? Because I can see myself in your pants. Oh. oh. <laughs> what happened tonight? So until you hear us next time, this is Mac Maloney for the entire gang saying, be safe, be happy, and... Bye-bye. Okay, the show's over. Hey, Cobra, where are we going to eat tonight? Well, gentlemen... What do you feel like? Chinese, Italian, sushi? How about we go where they have the best hamburger in the world? And where would that be, one one? Only the Starboard Galley. Starboard Galley? They're a great seafood place, but they're in Newburyport, and we're in Exeter. But they're only 20 minutes away down Route 95, and believe me, they have the best hamburger in the world. Let's go! Okay, boys, license and registration. Mr. Fry, you clowns going to the circus? We're in a hurry just to get the best hamburger in the world. And where's that, Pally? That's the Starboard Galley in Newburgh. The great seafood place? Yes, but they make a great hamburger, too. And they start with the best beef. Super fresh buns. Great toppings. Plus, it's only 20 minutes away from Exeter, 25 from Portsmouth. Not with a police escort, buddy. Light them up, Switchblade. Starboard Galley. They're here. That's the Starboard Galley, 55 Water Street, Newburyport. Great seafood and the best hamburger in the world. And tell them Juan Juan sent you. Hey, 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 hey. Am I making any sense at all? Does anyone to speak Because everybody's acting like we're crazy. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Milk Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. Girls, he's here. The very famous Juan Juan. Hello, girls. Hello, Mac. Cool show so far. So far. Digging it. Good. Good to hear. No Coco tonight. He's out. No Coco tonight. He's in Hawaii saving the world. But switch places. He better waters. be saving it from Hawaii. He better. He's been there a while. Is he at Pearl Harbor or something? What's uh, he doing? I don't know. He won't say. Um, 
I get those de- get those stupid emails too. I'm not stupid, but the, a lot of content. But I, well, I right. lost my co- Cobra decoder ring. Right. Yes. Yes. We'd have to bring it through Agent X's friends to decode it. Yeah. And they're so long too. But they come with pictures, which make them interesting. He was flying oh, through was, a lightning bolt at one point, right? In his new <laughs> helicopter. They they come they come with a, something that's a, a GIF or a picture or something that is. Yes. Not sure if it's related to what he was trying to explain. Right, right. If you don't understand what the words are, how do you know what the image is? Anyway. But I replied to it anyway. Yes, I said, great. Yes. Looks cool. We're saluting it. Um, okay, so uh, uh, did we introduce Switch Switch down there in uh, – how do you do Not it? yet. How I'm, do you do I've been waiting with breathless anticipation. Is that what that noise was? How do you do yeah. West Virginia? No, what is it? Where are you? Spring Creek. I'm in West, by God, Virginia. That's where it is. Okay. All right. Um, almost heaven, West Virginia. Almost. Notice they say almost. almost. Okay. Um, so, uh, switch. Everything's cool with you. Everything is beyond wonderful, Mac. Okay. Let me. Come, I'm going to come back to you. Willie Club, our security chief, is here watching over us. I hope. Hi, Mac. Hi, gang. Great show tonight. Really, really? very uh, diverse group of topics. You High know, praise. A lot to it. Very heavy. High praise I, from I, you. I got to say, that's kind of creepy that uh, Willie Club is watching me while I sleep. <laughs> He is. Well, you know, some nights I, I need some stimulation. Oh, hey, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, really? Really? Huh. That, uh, that voice you hear laughing in such a lighthearted way is our good friend Raven up there. So I was not Raven. How are you? Hi, my friends. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Are you doing great, though? You would say it. I know I always say that to you, but you would He's put always up a, doing great. I would say it if I wasn't doing Oh, great. yes, you would. You would put up a brave front just to put up with this. No, I don't do that. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. 1850, but that's cool. So, anyway, let's get back to Switch for a sec. So, Switch, uh, I was just telling you uh, off here that I uh, heard a um, show about two months ago where you went to, we always, uh, the, the skew of the show, let me get to the bottom of this. People really want to know what Switch had for breakfast on Tuesdays, as it turns out. A few months ago, you went to a Denny's or someplace, you had steak, you had eggs, you had hash browns. <laughs> You had a muffin or something, okay? You had bacon, sausage, ham, uh, chocolate milk, and uh, coffee, and a black chocolate, chocolate milk chocolate and milk. ham. Yes, I, 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 I don't know. You might have misheard that. It okay. might have been an imposter talking yeah. about right, what he had for breakfast. I don't think so. He does have body doubles. So, uh, what did you have today? And then the next week, you had like a power bar or something. So, please don't disappoint us. <laughs> Well, uh, I haven't been. Uh, I'm not close to a Denny's right now, and I, if I would was close to a Denny's or let's say a Waffle House, okay. I'm not mm. very close to a Waffle House. I wow. would check them out occasionally as well. You sure you're but in West as Virginia? It, as it was today, yes. I decided to go across the river to the north. Went, you have to take the Bartow Jones Bridge yes. across the Kanawha, yes. and then you take the Memorial Silver Bridge across the Ohio. Nice. Now, this is not the Silver Bridge that collapsed back on December 17th. 1967. This is the Memorial Silver Bridge that's been up there for a long time. Okay. And I went over to Gallopolis, Ohio, to the, and almost right there off the bridge is a Bob Evans restaurant. Yes. That's where I went this morning Go. for breakfast. Let's hear it. Okay. I had two eggs over easy, uh, two sausage mm-hmm. patties, uh, hash browns, mm-hmm. which are great mixed with your eggs over easy. You got it. And Two white pieces of toast with a little bit of uh, 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 grape jelly. Grape jelly. And and hot black 
coffee. Oh, drink it like a man. All right. Yeah, wow, sweet. I love that. You know, I think we should clap him. I like that breakfast. Yeah, I like it. I'll take a bow. There you go. You just oh, don't let that <laughs> fall off. Okay. There you go. Wow, you must have that tacked on there really good. Wow, now really she's jumping on. Now Raven is yeah, tearing on you. new device I told you. It snaps on. It's like a, really, yeah. the way really. it fits is remarkable. Uh, it's not Velcro, huh? Okay. Oh, he'll never tell us. So anyway. Actually, double-sided duct tape keeps it on even right. in moist weather. I hear there's a duct tape shortage. So watch out. <laughs> anyway, hey, listen, uh, at Club, now you know we, uh, you and I exchange emails uh, during the week about what's going on with Congress and this, yep. you know, really what is now really turning into kind of like, not fraudulent, but, you know, really uh, not the uh, sloppy, sloppy wet kiss we thought it was going to be. Them looking at the UFOs, them getting money to them being the military, them being the U.S. government. Uh, NASA has now gotten involved. And NASA has taken that bold step of um, investigating unclassified sightings. I mean, you know, really. And, and now. Uh, uh, Mac, I think you were right about fraudulent but go ahead it's, yeah i guess fraudulent would be the word if they've stolen the money because they, they've it's, it's almost two years old it, they've come up with absolutely nothing and in my mind they've actually dampened the spirits of people who thought that this was going to be something and um then yet they come up with something the other day it's it, it, it was classified but they're going to release an unclassified report that they made to congress where if someone said it, they looked into 100 sightings and only one of them was explained to 99 were not explained, but they don't say what they are, what they're going to do about them, what they know about them. They, they said they have nothing to do with aliens. So, Club, please. Reporting the latest in the U.S. military's new investigation into UFOs and what they still aren't telling you. It's time for the Club Report. I know this is upsetting well, you. You know, as you know, with the... Uh the most recent uh, reports that I've been doing, I've really changed my focus. You know, initially I was pretty excited about all the uh, activity in the UFO area as far as the government and disclosure and all that. But as time gone, has gone by now and, and I've been doing more research, I'm changing my focus. And I've mentioned this in previous uh, reports, you know, uh, based on what we consider to be the real threats to the earth. And, you know, originally it was UFOs, but I, after all of the uh, research I've been doing, I, I've changed my focus and I've, I've gotten some criticism and pushback from some folks about that, that I'm getting away from the UFO thing. But, you know, what I want to emphasize is that I still believe that there, there are aliens, alien life. Who are we to think we're the only ones here? But nobody's had any contact with them officially. Um, and so really, I'm now concerned more about what the government's telling us quietly, and that is that there is a, a threat coming. Hmm. And for years, we've thought the threat was with aliens or UFOs. But think about it. You know, we've uh, inhabited this planet for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. There has not been one bit of evidence that any alien life or anything has come down here and caused us any harm or threatened us. True. So, so that's why when I look at the difference between UFOs and asteroids as far as what the health of the future of, this, of the Earth is, I definitely have to say it's asteroids. And as I talked about in the previous uh, report, you know, there's been uh, a lot of uh, 
activity now with the government, the DOT. Uh-huh. All of a sudden, the government's talking more and more about asteroids. You hear about it more. About plans and the steps that they're taking. And they found one uh, to, behind to the save sun. us from this, uh, any kind of, uh, you know, asteroid collision. Right. You know, and uh, so I see the trend. You know, you talked about them talking about, well, there's 100 sightings. Mm-hmm. But we don't know if any of them are real. But if you read into it, you know, as far as I'm concerned, they're being spoon-fed now to turn to a different direction. Mm-hmm. And that's to slowly turn us to asteroids. We're talking about all the funding that's been going on recently with this. You know, not only the DOT thing, but other other areas, for example... This week alone, there was a uh, an article, and uh, it was all about a uh, planet killer asteroid that yes. was found hiding behind in the, the sun. sun's glare. Yeah, I know. Uh-huh. And in this saying, it one day may hit the Earth. Now, this wasn't just in a in a magazine. This was also reported on CNN. Mm-hmm. Yep, I saw it. You know, you know, they normally don't get into these kind of things. Yep. But but I will tell you right now that there's an area where. It's getting out there. It's if they're trying to feed us, you know, to, to start changing our focus a bit without getting us panicked. But well, right? you hear, you definitely hear more about it than you ever did before. There's no doubt about oh. it. The dot oh, mission, yep. it, you know, that dot mission you brought it into the headlines. Basically, that was the thing that launched like two years ago, and it went and it, it, it hit this very small asteroid and just knocked it off its course. Uh, proving that you know something like that could be done. The thing is, they don't want to blow these things up if they're coming to Earth because you just make a million little asteroids. You, the best way to do it, and they proved it with this dot thing, which was kind of impressive. Uh, it, it, it did, it did, you know, poke it out of its orbit, and um, so you know that at least the technology is there. My question is this, and it is funny that we uh, talked about this last week, and I was thinking, wow, would they really go that route to kind of take our minds off and when really an asteroid is coming? And then they find this huge planet killer in the in the sun's you know behind me on the sun. It is so like a science fiction movie. Um, the thing is, this is I think you know. Let's say that they find one of these things, and supposedly they only know where twenty percent of them are. So there's eighty percent out there kind of uh, lurking. I think that I think the world would just like that movie, which I didn't like the movie, but it was called Don't Look Up. But I like the idea, you know that that this asteroid is coming to you know, destroy the earth and half the earth would say that it's like fake news and don't pay any attention to it. And you know what happens? The asteroid hits the earth and kills everybody. So I think that there would be even, you know, there'd there'd even be like two sides of that. Do we want to save the earth? That type of thing. It's more in our conscious. And and you're right. Asteroids pose a bigger damage to this earth than any kind of, any kind of, you know, uh, intelligence on UFOs, you know, do because they, um, there's very, very, very few. I can think of maybe three instances where UFOs were really aggressive down in uh, Brazil there, uh, Switchy, that island down in Brazil where they shot that place up one night. And um, I can't think of really. There's, there was an F-16 incident during the first Gulf War, um, and but nothing during World War II, nothing. I mean, and, and so they were just kind of observing us. So I don't know, you know. I, I, it, well, it is funny that they gave money to the UFO thing, and they also give money to the asteroid thing. If that's the case, they should give more money to the asteroid thing. Well, Mac, that's that's what we're seeing. You know, it looks like gradually they're trying to turn our attention more toward the asteroids. There's more funding getting there. 
I mean, like this report about this planet killer. I mean, this the part of the group there, these scientists, you know, uh, there's a the head of that was a Scott Shepard. And he's an astronomer at the Earth and Planet Institute uh, in DC. And, uh, you know, according to him, it would be a mass extinction event like hasn't been seen on Earth in millions of years. If that now, what he's saying is, you know, that's what could happen. Right now, it's not on this course, mm -hmm. but they can never predict what happens to asteroids down the road. You know, yes. they stay in a particular course, but things happen that can switch them off. Now, in this particular case, it's um, that asteroid is uh, much more damaging than Shiblansky and that one in Russia there. Oh, yes. If yeah. it ever were to hit the Earth. And um, so the, and there's reasons for that. They can tell by, you know, analyzing even as far as it is. Now, um, because the inner, that they say is because the inner solar system asteroids are so hard to detect, they're underrepresented in the models of the overall system. But the, Dr. Shepard believes that only a few unknown planet killers are left in this difficult to observe region. The good news is that most of the unknown asteroids likely follow orbits that keep them safely away from Earth. Uh -huh. But again, they state at this time. All right. And uh, because the, the astronauts have only a limited understanding of the nature of uh, these asteroids lurking out there, uh -huh. surprises may happen. And they talk about in 2013, a much smaller asteroid, it was only like 66 feet wide. Yes. It arrived from the direction of the sun completely without warning. Mm. And it exploded in that city in Russia. Yes, right. And we've all seen that. That was crazy. Explosion, okay? Right. But uh, in addition to, the, uh, to that, they discovered two other smaller space rocks uh, that are uh, closer to the sun, ever, which is closer to the sun they've ever been seen. And uh, again, this creates a lot of concern in the uh, scientific community. But mm -hmm. the bottom line here is, and I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist, but Go ahead. you know, I'm convinced that they, uh, there's something going on here with this whole business of what they're finding with the asteroids. They're slowly feeding us this information. With, with, with this, it, but, it's a diversionary tactic. Yeah, but, but what is the? They're just saying. Would they tell I, us? You know, I, would they tell well, us? I'm sorry. Would they tell it's us? It's not a diversion from UFOs because no, UFOs aren't a threat as far as I'm concerned right now, hmm. right. or UAPs. It's just trying to move us from the UFO, AUP, uh, UAP world mm -hmm. to, over to this to get us more uh, aware of this because I think, I'm convinced that they know like we say with UFOs, they know a lot of things they're not talking about. They're not, so, so they I would, think they're finding new things now that they're saying, geez, maybe we better get the public more involved. But would they tell us, let's say, like I say, you know, whoever, when the president takes office, they give him like three or four things that just like, you know, these huge, huge secrets he has to know. Would they, if they found out a killer asteroid was going to hit here in five years, would they tell us? I hope so. <laughs> mm. I don't know. I, I'd, I'd want to know. Civilization would collapse. It's coming toward me. Uh, well, yeah, right. And as you know, it takes up to 10 years, they figure now, with this DART uh, mission. To ramp up another determine that once they find uh, an asteroid that could be heading in our direction, 
it's going to take them up to 10 years to take corrective action. Really? Yeah. Oh, all right, all right. So the scary thing about this, uh, you know, it, it, these things hiding in the glare of the sun, mm. that may cut down that time frame that we need yes. to take corrective action. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So uh, to me, it's just this heightened attendant, uh, you know, attention that's coming to asteroids. They clearly are a threat. We've known that from the days of the dinosaurs, mm -hmm. and we got to start taking that more serious. And if this is the way the government is trying to get our attention, uh, then we got to pay attention to it. But I don't think they're going to give us any uh, real insights of, of what they really know. But, mm -hmm. uh, but I, I just don't like the feel of this. Yes. And, uh, so I don't think you have to worry about looking out tonight uh, <laughs> for anything. Wow. But, okay. but I, I think they're, they're, uh, they're saying something. And they're, they're very concerned. And the last thing I want to tell you in that regard, I know, yes. you know, we talk about the United States. Yes, yes. Well, China has now announced that they are now going into a, uh, a setting up a mission very similar to our DOT mission. Uh -huh. And they're talking about 2026 mm. for the date of that. Mm -hmm. Now, the interesting thing is up until this point, you know, it seems like the United States has been the driver in this. Yes, right. But the fact now that the Chinese are starting to put yeah. money into this. Who wants to save the world, right? Uh, you, know, it, you know, basically, China knows which asteroid it wants to target, they've indicated, okay, when they do their test. And uh, they, they, they've identified this potentially hazardous asteroid. Mm -hmm. And now they're going to launch in 2026 uh, some kind of a, a dot type of thing. Hmm. And... Uh, the mission, the mission appears to be exactly like the or similar to. You don't tell you the truth. Test. I, I, so don't, I don't care who's. Going on. I don't care whose uh, you know technology stops the asteroid from destroying the world. Fine with me. You know, just let's let's do it. You know what I mean? Agree. Let's let's. I agree, but it's the Chinese getting into this now. Hmm. Well, they want to be the heroes, you know, and they have the technology to do it. So, you know, well, why not? All I'm know? saying is that I, that shows me. That there's something that's got everyone's attention, because normally the Chinese that's are true. putting all their money into space weapons and things of that sort. Yeah, yeah. So for them to also now focus on this asteroid uh, situation is just another to me is more evidence mm. that uh, we've got to keep uh, our ears and eyes open to what we're being told uh, down the road here. I'm going to say, don't look up. You know, nope. I hate to be a bummer, but it's... Well, I was going to say, the voice of doom. The news out of this. The voice yeah, thanks. of doom. Club. Thanks yeah, a lot, thank Club. Okay. I won't be able to get to sleep tonight. Did they yeah. say that this asteroid has a, the threat of uh, hitting us in the next 1,000 to 2,000 years? No, it's like in the next 10 years, but it's, it's going to miss by yeah. 4 million miles, but that's close in, mm. you know, but astronomical they, terms. There are only 40% of the asteroids... That threaten us have been identified. Is that what it is? Forty percent. Forty percent. Still some. The government had asked them ten years ago to NASA to identify ninety percent, but mm. they've only done. There's so many of them. They, only they takes just one. Identified the tenth thousand rock man, man. that they have to look at. Whose fault? So, is anyways, this? Uh, that's where it is. Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah, well, thank you uh, for that glimmer of hope. Thank you very much for cheering us up there, Club. Let's give them a round of applause because. My pleasure. Good job, Tom. Thank you. Why don't we do this? Why don't we uh, go and uh, take a commercial break now and cancel all our long-term kind of, you know, uh, yeah. shares. Not buying any green yeah. bananas. Right. Don't buy any uh, savings bonds. I'm reading schedule, that's for sure. <laughs> there you go, right. <laughs>
Don't join any book clubs. And we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Miller's Military Talk Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. It's early medieval Europe. Norse marauders are pouring down from the north. Steppe riders threaten from the east. And Moorish raiders are surging up from the south. Now, as the Vikings plan an invasion of Ireland, the country's aging king must somehow protect his nation. But who is up to the task? Nordic sagas tell us an obscure and unlikely hero arises to save his people. Wolf of Clontarf leaps into history as a nightmare to the Norse and avenger for the Celts. It's Vikings meets Braveheart as this legendary Irish warrior, some medieval special operations forces, and a young woman spy help the Irish king defeat the Viking invaders. It's a tale spanning 15 years and leading up to the most decisive battle of the Middle Ages. That's Wolf of Clontarf, a new novel from Thomas J. Howley, now on Amazon. Welcome everyone to Mac Maloney's Mill Tracks on the show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. Let me very quickly introduce you to the gang. Girls Very Famous Juan Juan is here. Hello, Mac. Looking Good as debonair as ever there. Let's see. You got that scally cap. You got the uh, black turtleneck. You got the uh, sunglasses. Hey, that's my look. <laughs> Thank you. For Eat copying. your heart out, Mac. There you go. You look better in it than I do. Also... Uh, no Coco tonight. He's off on the other side of the world saving it. Uh, but um, national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Ward, is here. Switchy. It's great to be here, and I'm glad that Cobra is saving us from all kinds of evils out Stuff. there on this planet. Yeah. yeah, right. That's what he says. We can uh, rest easy when Cobra's out there. <laughs> yes, okay. He's the guy who can do it. He's the guy who can do it. No thought about that. Uh, Switchy, and uh, you're a big breakfast breakfast into the day. Did you did you finish your entire breakfast of uh, sausages, ham, steak, four eggs, and no steak? But yes, I did. Mm. What you have for lunch? Well, that was sort of uh, it was late enough into the into the day okay. that I did not have to have an actual lunch. You seem to go to this Bob Evans a lot. Have you established a relationship with the waitresses there like you had at the uh, Denny's at the... Uh... Not quite yet. I'm, I'm, hmm. I'm closer to establishing a relationship here. Uh, oh, I just lost my uh, connection here. Uh, <laughs> He's fighting with himself. With the, uh, the ladies at the uh, at Tudor's uh, Biscuit... Um, oh, what's it called? Biscuit, biscuit Heaven. Uh, biscuit World. Biscuit, biscuit World. Uh, biscuit World. Yeah, that yeah. sounds good. Okay. All right. Are you able to tip them in there? No, they don't. Uh, they don't have any tips there. Mm-hmm. They don't have any tip cups. So it, it, it is a little disappointing, actually. I would Please. like because they're very good there, you'll have and to, I would like to reward them for their service. You'll have to do it with your personality. I hope they appreciate. Well, it. my my charm and, and personality goes do a long way, Matt. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Um, so listen, I don't know. Speaking of going a long way, Raven is with us. No, uh, Willie Club is with us. Our security chief, Willie. Sorry. No, no problem, okay. Mac. Right. Mac. Hi, uh, gang. And I, I want to welcome all the listeners all around the world to mm-hmm. our show, too. We never 
seem like we, we don't welcome them a lot. You don't think so? Okay, well, we, we give have... them a lot of very valuable information, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't see them welcome. So I thought I'd just say you know, welcome to all. Well, thank you uh, for bringing that up. We have lots of listeners in the United States, of course, but also lots of friends up in Canada because we hear from them on a daily basis. Lots of people in the UK. And, uh, you know, around the world, Germany, too, because I'm, you know, forever send, sending free books over to Germany. Yeah, it's only about 90 bucks. And uh, even a fan in Nepal. Nepal, which I believe Nepal is there. of all places. India, yes. And we have uh, Nepal and Nepal. In, in New Zealand and Australia. So really all around the world, that's how it goes. So, yes, thank you, everyone listening in. Hope you enjoy the show. Thank you, Club, for the self-plug. We appreciate it. Um, also, well, I have to say, speaking about plugs, I, I don't know where it goes. Raven is with us. Raven, our favorite good witch up there. Sorry about the plug thing. Hello, my friends. Thank you for having me. Okay. Are you? How much fun are you having tonight? What's, the, what's your fun meter between 1 and 10? My fun meter? Yes. Um, I guess I would put this at like a 7.5. Seven and a half. That's oh my a C that's all? I'm crushed. <laughs> a I really, I just, oh, my heart I stopped beating. I see a little kitty cat, so now it's at a nine. Oh, good. Oh. Which one is that? This is weird. This is Keel. Keel. Oh, God. Oh. This is what I... Look, he wants to join. All right. You should get him a there. little headset and a little microphone. In the, in his own room. Get him on yeah. it. It's all. And his own camera. Look at those dirty creatures. Get rid of them. I'm bummed I'm not at my kid's place right now. We have our own place now, and it... Yes. They had uh, five cats, and usually during the show, that and you bummed. I, I, there'd be three of them around me. Yes, huh? They'd, really? They take to you, yeah. do they? They do. They If I'm up late watching TV and everybody else is in bed, mm-hmm. the cats will sleep around you. There'd be at least three or four cats. Do you feed them? Uh, on the chair. Yeah. Of course. Uh, Why don't you get your own cat? That's what you're offering. Yeah. Why don't you get your own cat? Yeah. <laughs> well, we wow. might. Because wow, now, club on fire uh, tonight. Now we're living in our own cottage in the UK, mm. with a, even without our Yorkshire Terrier. Uh huh. Because the, the kids have the Yorkie, and they say that uh, um, they can better take care of her yes. than we can. Yes. I'm going. We're going. What? Well, let them They're kind of right because uh, we have. We'd have to get up earlier. We'd yeah. have to get used that? to the uh, the new place, and it's uh, it's not our place. Right. Don't and worry, the dog will be just fine. Everywhere. It'll be just fine. And, you know, we'd have to do all that. So you know, we, mm-hmm. we're going to do it eventually, but we're not going to do it right away. Well, if the dog ignores you next time you see him, then you might have a problem. But don't worry. Well, you know what? Okay. She's, she's not that loyal. She, <laughs> see, here's the thing. Wow. Is that Lisa and Sarah really stepped up to the plate to really uh, get her groomed to being in the uh, an apartment situation. Yes, yes. Huh. Okay. Whereas when we, you're at the house... At home, the big house. Run around everywhere. She got taken out in the yard, running around the yard. It, it, it was a different environment. And she, she was she was younger then, and she was in a in a crate yes. with, a fence, with a portable fence around the crate in the dining room. With <laughs> wow, that was fun. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Wow. Huh? In, in one of these big crates to, for her to get used to it for the plane ride. Oh, geez. That was the deal. We, we yes. had this. This big crate that was uh, approved by British Airways. Yes, of course. And it was a good idea to get her used to being in it. She took to it. She loved it. She made her bed in it. She, it was, she was insane, mm. Lo- loving that crate. Wow. And she was fine on the plane. But when mm. you come here, she wasn't really that well indoor indoor trained. And she didn't like the British. Huh? They didn't like. She didn't like the British. Is that's what you're saying, right? No, she she, she had to get used to 
being in the house to, and getting taken out on a regular basis, oh, I see. not just let out yes. into a yard that's fenced in willy nilly. Yes, like we did. Yes, and oh, this it, dog is this it dog works out that. Now that we're in a place that's not our own, but it's carpeted everywhere, we didn't want it to take any chance. <laughs> okay, the this, owner said, oh, well, let her in, she'll be fine. There's the kernel of the story right there. Yes. A cleaner that can come in. Yes. So. Good. Win-win. Um, win-win for you there. It's a win-win. We don't have Lucia. We miss Lucia, but yes. we're going to have her soon. Good. Glad to hear it. Wow, this is. Uh, we want her on the air, too. A dog, really. A dog whisperer segment. Have her on the air and see if she'll chase uh, Switchy's cats. <laughs> anyway, Raven, where's your Yorkshire Terriers are really cute. We know. Yeah. We're Dachshund fans too because we had three of them. But the Yorkies really. Yes. Well, you got to go on Instagram to Yorkie World or something. What is it? What is it on Instagram? It's a wow. Yorkie Heaven or Yorkie World. Yorkie Heaven, I'm sure it is. They're crazy. <laughs> Raven, do you like Yorkies? Please say no. Uh, yeah, I all love right. all dogs. Okay, good. How's your, how's your, where's your cat? Is he walking around? She? She. She. Um, she's sleeping on my little chair in my bedroom. Mm, okay. All right. And then my dog is, uh, he's downstairs. Scratch. Who knows what he's doing? Yeah. Okay. Probably sleeping. Yep. Probably. Did he make He'll it through Halloween? Did he make it through Halloween dressed as a uh, cow with another? He did. Um, he didn't have the udder on. Have the udder on. Um, he was dressed <laughs> as a cow. Yes. Um, and the trick or treaters that we did get loved him, mm -hmm. and he even got a couple of hugs along hugs. with uh, all oh, the pets terrific. that he got. Wow. So he he had a very good time sitting on the porch with me. Interesting. Okay. Well, um, talk about interesting. You have a report tonight on a ghost, right? I do. Um, and I am, I'm going back to West Virginia, actually. Oh, oh wow. So we are going to be talking about the Greenbrier ghost. Um, uh. This is uh, January 1897 in Lewisburg, West Virginia. Um, and this is the case uh, in which a ghost helped solve her own murder. Oh, wow. So everyone strap in. Let's go. Um, so we're talking about Elva Zona Heaster Shoe. A uh, new wife of Edward S. Shue uh, was found in her home uh, by the neighbor's son laying at the foot of the stairs. Uh, the boy, approximately 11, at first thought Zona was sleeping, uh, but quickly realized that she was, in fact, deceased um, and ran to tell uh, his mother, who summoned uh, doctor and coroner George W. Knapp. Um, he didn't arrive to the scene until almost an hour later. And by that time, Mr. Shu had arrived home from his blacksmithing job, carried Zona upstairs, washed and dressed her and laid her in bed. Uh, Mr. Shu had basically already prepared Zona for her funeral, um, dressing her in a tight high neck dress with a stiff collar uh, and placed a veil over her face. Um, and I am going to be referring to her as Zona because all of the source material, they refer to her as Zona instead yep. of Elva. So that's why I'm calling okay. her that. Okay. All right. It's weird um, so far. Just so there's no confusion. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, so while Zona's body was um, examined, uh, Mr. Shu held her and he sobbed. Um, but when Knapp attempted to examine her neck, uh, he became agitated and wouldn't allow it. Um, according to Knapp, he, quote unquote, didn't want to provoke him any further. Um, and he left without really completing his examination. But he concluded that Zona's cause of death was 
everlasting faint, which was a heart attack at the time. Um, but a few weeks later, he changed it to complications from pregnancy. Uh, she was 24 years old. Um, so Zona was buried uh, in her hometown of Little Sewell Mountain um, after a, a pretty weird funeral. Um, Mr. Shu was pacing nonstop around the casket and he kept fiddling with Zona's head and neck. Hmm. He also um, wrapped her in a scarf that covered her head and neck. Um, this was strange as the scarf didn't match her burial clothes. Um, but the widower insisted that it was her favorite scarf and that she would have wanted this um, because hmm. Mr. Shu was so well-respected and well-liked around town. The funeral guests assumed that this was his grieving process and they, they didn't really question it. Okay. Enter Mary Jane Heaster, mm. Zona's mother. Mm. Uh, she was convinced that Shu murdered her. Stricken with grief, uh, Mary Jane prayed to know what happened to her daughter. Um, she prayed for weeks um, and one evening her prayers were answered. According to Mary Jane, Zona appeared uh, to her in her dreams. This happened four nights in a row and Zona told her everything in, in great detail. Um, in Mary Jane's dream, the spirit started out as a ball of light that gradually transitioned into a human form that filled the room with a chill. Uh, Zona told her mother that she abused her. She said that he flew into a rage the night she died because he thought she didn't make him any meat for his dinner uh, with his dinner. Um, and he snapped her neck. Um, the ghost turned her head completely around before drifting away. So Mary Jane went to uh, local, the local prosecutor, his name was John Preston, and begged for Zona's case to be reopened. Mary Jane was so persistent that Preston eventually began asking questions around town. And due to the odd behavior everyone reported witnessing at the funeral um, and Knapp's confession of an incomplete examination of her body, Preston was able to justify reopening Zona's case. Um, her, his first line of business was to exhume her remains and have a complete autopsy performed. Um, Shu objected to all of this because of course he did. Um, he sees that he's a big, big cry baby. Um, so the body was re-examined, um, by Knapp and two other doctors, um, in the, uh, the one room schoolhouse. I'm not sure why Knapp was allowed to have anything to do with this autopsy, it seemed like that maybe he already lied about completing one in the first place, but I, it's the 1800s. So I guess that's, that's not our business. Um, but during the examination, the doctors reported uh, on the throat were marks of fingers indicating uh, that she had been choking, uh, that the neck was dislocated. I'm sorry, this was a quote on the throat were marks of fingers indicating that she had been choking. That's why it's written weird. Um, and the neck was dislocated between the first and second vertebra. Uh, the ligaments were torn and ruptured. The windpipe had been crushed at a point in front of the neck, uh, end quote. Um, at this point, it was clear that Zona did not die naturally, uh, yet they were unable to determine who her killer was due to it being 1897. So they didn't have they probably didn't collect any evidence. And even if there was evidence, I mean, Shu made it home before the police even arrived. So he was able to clean everything up. Mm. Um, Shu did not do himself any favors. Uh, and his strange behavior made him look 
very suspicious to Preston, not to mention the glaring fact that Mary Jane described how Zona was killed before the autopsy was even performed. So for a moment, uh, Mary Jane was a suspect, but she had a violent past uh, as told by his first wife and his second wife also died mysteriously. So Preston was able to bring him to trial based on, um, based on that. Um, during the trial, Shu's defense questioned Mary Jane hard during cross-examination, hoping to prove that her un- hoping to prove her unreliable as a witness. But this backfired tremendously. Everyone believed her. Um, and after an hour and 10 minutes, the jury returned with a guilty verdict for Edward Shu. He was sentenced to life in prison, but he died in 1900 when an epidemic uh, blew through the prison. Um, so bye, Edward. Um, Mary Jane died in 1916. Um, she never recanted her story uh, of Zona's ghost. Um, there is a historical marker located in Greenbrier County in memory of Zona's tragic death and the unusual court case that followed, noting, quote, the only case in which testimony from a ghost helped convict a murderer, wow. end quote. Wow. That is the story. That's nuts, man. Yikes. Wow. And they let them through. That's a good one. Yeah, that is really, really good. Let's give Raven a hand, you know, because we don't yeah. do it. Oh, thanks, guys. We don't do it often enough. <laughs> wow, that was crazy, cool. man. I could see that as a movie. Have they made a movie of that or something? Um, you know, I don't know, actually. They might have. Um, I've the heard a lot of uh, people discuss this case, and it it's always blown my mind that, that it was legitimately taken into consideration, yeah. and for good reason. Mm. It would be cool if it uh, happened these days. It'd be very cool. Oh, God, no one would ever believe it. Yeah. Anyway, well, thank you, Raven. And I'll tell you what, why don't we take this uh, opportunity to take a uh, small commercial break now. And we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. The whole gang is here. So please stay tuned. Where is the Sea of Moons? Is it on the moon? Or in a haunted part of the Pacific Ocean? Or is it just in our heads? What if you dreamed of meeting a beautiful Irish girl, but she turned out to be a cop? What if you dreamed that you were on TV 24-7, but only the government knew the channel? And what if you dreamed you were shipwrecked on a deserted island and rescued by five lovely castaways, only to have some real pirates ruin the party? Then you should wake up and read The Sea of Moons, the latest installment in Mac Maloney's best-selling series, codenamed Starman. Follow the adventures of U.S. Navy Special Agent Chris Starr as he travels the globe using his special ESP powers to solve top-secret mysteries, first in Ireland, then in Tahiti, and finally to Hollywood, where Chris and his girlfriend Angel discover the only spooks inside an old haunted house belong to the CIA. That's Codename Starman, The Sea of Moons by Mac Maloney, on sale on Amazon and in bookstores everywhere. Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. We're laughing because Juan and I just walked down memory lane there. 
Maybe a little too far. Yeah. But it was more like memory lane. Uh, so, oh, wow. Hang on. <laughs> uh, as you can tell, girls, very famous one wanted to see it. Sorry. Okay. Oh, my God. Uh, no Coco tonight, off saving the world, but Switchblade Steve Wood is here with us. And almost as famous as one um, right? Well, uh, I was, thought you were going to say Coco, but yes. All right. A lot of people inquiring how Switch got his name, et cetera, et cetera. Switch has got a buzz going around. Uh, Great to be here. Speaking of a buzz, Willie Club is here, our security chief. He's sinking lower and lower into his chair as the night goes on. <laughs> was that a lazy tried, boy? I, yeah, I Club. tried a new chair tonight. I usually sit in my office chair. Yes. Yeah. But after three hours, I'm stiff. Whoa! So right. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I think you have to. <laughs> don't you have to go to the emergency room if that happens? Think <laughs> about it. it think about it. After three hours. Well, it's pretty common. <laughs> wow! Is he just yeah, not saying it? You can't beat the lazy boy, though. Okay. No. I'm, I'm no. trying to. I'm trying to. Uh, you know, tell a Viagra joke. Not going over. So anyway, that's just God telling me to move on. Uh, Raven is with us. Our favorite good witch up there in upstate New York. No, sideways now, Raven. How are you tonight? Really, tell us. Hi, my friends. I'm doing good. Yeah, but you already I'm, gave us um, a I'm also hungry now, so I think I'm going to make some scrambled egg burritos when I'm done. But oh, other than that, I'm doing wow. good. I'm holding it down. We've been talking mm. a lot about food tonight, especially off the air. I am hungry as well. So, uh, But yeah, you gave the show it. a 7.5 earlier in the night. I mean, wow. What? But then when I saw Keel, it was a nine. That little cat, that little flea-bitten cat. Okay, and that's what it takes to bring it up to a nine. You don't have fleas anymore. <laughs> you don't know that. Anyway, so uh, we're coming down to the end of the show, but so it's time for Switch. I'm going to put his uh, bumper in right here. And now it's time for another story from the lost annals of the paranormal. It's time for Steve Ward's Report from the Fringe. And Switch, you have a story for us tonight, right, on um, Gray Barker. Gray Barker. Yeah, yes. what's, yes, please, I've heard the name, but I really don't know his bio. What is it? Well, uh, Gray Barker was a really big name in the UFO field. Uh, at Clarksburg, West Virginia. He, uh, he founded Saucerian Publications, when? and he had kind of an audience of maybe two to 3,000 people where whatever he published, he was guaranteed to sell that many copies. What year? Now, what year? With, uh, we're talking 50. He started out in the 50s. Okay, go ahead. Uh, he, he was actually a... Uh, his main job was to distribute films. He would he had maybe thirty or so clients uh, between uh, theaters and uh, and drive-in theaters and so forth. So, uh, but then in in September of 1952, the infamous uh, uh, sighting took place in uh, in Flatwoods, West Virginia. Remember the Flatwoods monster? This this tall uh, creature. It, it started out like a, a, a classic science fiction movie where several kids were playing at the local high school there. They're playing football or whatever. And they saw this thing streak over in the sky. It, it reminds me of the beginning of the Invaders from Mars, where the kid looks out the window and he sees this saucer land in his backyard. Well, these kids actually saw something, whether it be a meteor or whatever, and they went up this hill and they encountered this very strange creature, maybe six, eight feet tall, and it had sort of a, you've seen the old illustrations where the, the cowl in the back looks kind of like the ace of spades. It had these very bright orange glowing eyes. Uh, the, the dog reacted to it and took off. Uh, there were several people there, including an adult or two. And uh, it was just this, this really bizarre 
creature, which really hasn't been repeated anywhere else. Um, but uh, they ran down the hill and, uh, you know, the, the local uh, 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 investigators said, well, it must have been hellas, uh, it must have been hysteria. And uh, so, but it's, it's one of these classic cases that has never died. And uh, Frank Fraschino did a, an, an interesting book on it called The Braxton County Monster. Braxton County was actually where Gray Barker was born originally. And that's where Flatwoods exists. And uh, his his perspective on it was that it was an actual physical creature with uh, in, in some kind of a spacesuit or or whatever or exoskeleton or what, what, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but uh, uh, other people have seen this creature in the same area as more of an apparition. Anyway, this really got Gray Barker started in the in the field of UFO research, and he was fascinated by it. He started Caesarian Publications, which I remember as a kid ordering books from from Gray Barker. I mean, really cool stuff. But but he was uh, he was looked at as kind of uh, not just on the fringe of UFO uh, phenomena, UFO research or whatever, but on the fringe of the fringe. He really got into some really, really weird stuff. Um, uh, there, there's so much to say about uh, uh, Gray Barker. He was a good friend of his was James Mosley. James Mosley was the editor of Saucer News. And uh, Saucer News was a big major publication for several decades. And they were good friends over, over many years. Well, they, uh, they would get together occasionally and get, perhaps you might say, a little bit inebriated. What? And well, yes, I know you guys probably don't even know what inebriated means. Mm-hmm. But, oh, no. uh, <laughs> but Spell uh, it. they, uh, Gray Barker got a hold from a friend of his, some State Department stationery, and uh, I mean, official stationery. And so they, what they did was they got uh, James Mosley, who lived in uh, Fort Lee, New Jersey, and, and, and did the saucer news from New York. He would come down maybe four times a year. And he and Gray were big buddies, and they would get really, really blotto. And so they had the stationery, and they thought, well, let's put this to good use. So they sent about seven or eight letters purporting to be from the actual State Department to different people in the UFO field, including a, a lady named Laura Mundo. Laura Mundo was actually a sort of a celebrity around the Detroit area. I remember meeting her briefly at a... Uh, at a, a, a psychic convention, I guess, in the Detroit area. She was sort of a, uh, uh, a, a sort of a, how can I say this without being offensive? Sort of a poor man's or poor lady's George Adamski. She, uh, <laughs> George Adamski was the, uh, the guy that claimed to have met Venusians in the California desert in the early 50s. Well, she claimed the same kind of situation, very, very similar to George Adamski. Well, they read her, or they wrote her letter. They wrote several, they went run to one to Coral Lorenzen of APRO. Uh, and they were all BS letters on this uh, this official stationery. Well, the one that made headlines, they sent to George Adamski. George Adamski, again, was the guy that claimed to have met Orthon in the California desert in 1952. And he, he published a couple of books about these uh, experiences. Uh, the uh, uh, flying saucers have landed and inside the spaceships. Well, the, the letter they sent to him was from a fictional person called R.E. Straith. And R.E. Straith said to poor old George, he said, George, you know, we we uh, we appreciate your work out there. And of course, George has been making these claims for, for several years. And But we can't officially say that uh, we support your, your work, 
but uh, unofficially we do. And listen, if you're ever in the area in uh, in March, I, I won't be here in February, but if you're in the area in March, please stop by for an informal visit. This, he's telling oh. them to go to the state department, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. And, and it's it basically said that we we appreciate the work wow. you're doing and, and and keep it up that sort of thing. So George, he must have known it was BS, but nevertheless, he was showing this letter all over the place. Well, the FBI got really ticked off, and they said, George, you can't be showing this around. It's 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 fake. You know, it's it's. But uh, several of the other letters that they sent never had any legs to it. Uh, 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 had sent one letter to his father, who was a, uh, a general or something like that in the military. And, uh, and Mosley said that he had sobered up enough to realize that he better not send that particular letter because it was very uh, uh, critical of his uh, political views. So that didn't, didn't make it there. But the, the uh, George Adamski letter had legs. And uh, the thing is, then the FBI started investigating, and they were checking out the type of typewriter that the uh, that this thing was typed on. Yes, and of course, it was the same typewriter that Gray Barker had typed the thing on. So he got incredibly paranoid. And according to James Mosley, James Mosley finally uh, revealed this this hoax uh, about a month after Gray Barker had died in the mid eighties. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, there's a really entertaining book by James Mosley called shockingly close to the truth. <laughs> and in, in this, uh, in this book, it, he talks a lot about the, the various personalities in the UFO field, which are, are, are really entertaining. Yes. But he, uh, apparently Gray Barker, uh, actually, uh, chopped up his typewriter and and hit and hid parts of the typewriter <laughs> behind various walls around <laughs> Clarksburg with, behind the drywall so that the the FBI could never find when it. he just throw it so, away throw it in the river like everyone else no well they, they, he was uh, a little more uh, careful than that right, let me ask and you this God, God only knows how many uh, places that this typewriter is hidden okay we 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 got like five minutes to go here let me ask you this okay. Now, isn't isn't it the hijinks of these two drunken people, you know, the cause for at least some of the ridicule factor that still you know lingers over the UFO community? I mean, look what these guys are doing. Absolutely, they they also uh, did a uh, a fake UFO film that James Mosley used to use <laughs> cool. in his uh, like a sort of a PowerPoint in his lectures. <laughs> I remember seeing it on the old Joe Pine program oh, yeah, back yeah. in the in the sixties. It was a on UHF. It was one of those uh, New York uh, syndicated talk shows. Yeah. And what they had done, Mosley said that he was driving the the kid that supplied the. Uh, uh, the uh, State Department stationery was sitting on top of the car, and uh, with a a a, uh, a fishing rod yeah. with a a fake UFO on the end of it. Cool. And uh, Gray Barker was filming this uh, classic Lost Creek, whatever it was, UFO. Wow. So uh, they they did all kinds of. I mean, some of Barker's stuff was actually legitimate research. But how? But, how, uh, but how could you take it? You know what I mean? I mean, he discredits himself by. Well, a- absolutely. He was a trickster. Yeah, uh, remember trickster. the uh, they too much they knew too much about flying saucers was his big big book. Wow. Well, John Keel, who I talk about all the time, yes. said that Gray started out actually trying to investigate this seriously, but then he said, well, about halfway through, he just kind of threw up his hands okay, and started yes, making yes. it up. Yeah, yeah, In yeah. Fact, <laughs> a guy named John Sherwood <laughs> is the guy that uh, pretended to be a particular doctor that had been silenced by the by the men in black. Yes, yes. And he eventually uh, blew the whistle on himself in the 90s. Well, but uh, 
Hang on. Uh, so it's uh, Barker was a mixture. He was a trickster. He was uh, entertaining as hell. I actually met him for really? a few moments yeah. at the uh, at the at 1976 at the Mufon Symposium, and I kind of cornered him and asked him all kinds of questions about things yep. I wanted to know about. Mm. What did he say? Was he forthcoming or was he uh, was he, he was a very nice guy. He was uh, very tall, had kind of longish hair, which yes. didn't fit the old pictures I'd seen of him. Very thick glasses. He looked like one of these guys you'd see at a at a at a beatnik uh, a coffee shop back in the 50s. <laughs> wow, huh? And uh, uh, he uh, I asked him about the difference between his book, The Silver Bridge and John Keel's book, The Mothman Prophecies. Yes. And uh, because I'd heard rumors that that uh, they claimed that Keel just stole stuff from uh, Barker, which was BS. <laughs> yes, go but, ahead. but it's funny because Barker said, uh, I wish I could imitate him, but he said, you know, none of us like to get our, our literary toes stepped on, but I'm sure John wrote his own book. Oh, wow. And in fact, John Keel said, that the chapter that he that, that uh, Barker wrote about he and, and Barker in West Virginia was all wrong, so he had to rewrite it. So, in fact, the chapter in the Silver Bridge was actually written by John Keel. Wow. What the – all these guys doing all this, you know, crazy stuff back then, and now here we are now picking up the pieces of it. You know, it is funny, but – do you know what I mean? I wish it was all this was on the straight and narrow, not these well, people. Well, but for what it's worth, John Keel believed that uh, it was it was Jerry Barker that started the stuff about uh, uh, Truman, uh, or rather Eisenhower, Eisenhower uh, yeah. having conferences with with aliens right. and making some kind of deal at White so Air Force Base. What's right. true and what's not? And then you know, if you look into that, I put that in you know I don't know some book that I wrote. If you look into that, they found out that Eisenhower left the state dinner in California. By kind of midway through, because they said he had to go to the dentist, and so and he's in L.A. So you figure, well, you know, you could probably, you know, the president could probably look up a dentist in L.A. But somehow they, I don't know, they knew that he had left town and he was heading for, um, you know, that air base out there where they test all the missiles uh, with all the new stuff, uh, all the new uh, airplanes, and um, and then he showed up like the next morning. And he wasn't showing any side effects of you know dentistry or whatever. Who knows where he went. But those guy, or that guy, he picked on that time, that date, to say that he went there to, uh, you know, make a deal with the aliens or something like that. But you know, look at these guys; they're drunk and they're doing these things. Must have been a lot of fun back then. Anyway, it thank was. you, Switch. I, let's very entertaining. Let's clap for Switch because we've already clapped for Club and Raven, and I'll get letters clap from here. for the Switch man. Yeah, equal time. Right, and his cats. Thank equal you, Switch. Clapping. We really, we, we, okay. Right. Equal clapping. Not a bad name for something. Thank you, Switch, for that report. Thank you for joining us tonight, Switch. You and those flea-bitten little monsters that you have there. That you actually said, <laughs> if the TV went off, you'd enjoy watching them. Thank you, Switch. I think you're jealous, Matt. And I'm not sure I am. Yes. Of, of, well, there's a joke in there. No, I'm not. I don't I, think you know how cute little kitties are, though. Little They're kitties so... and little puppies. Oh, will you and come on. Stop so it. Cute. Stop, stop. You're, you're reducing the testosterone of this show. <laughs> All right. So anyway, well, thank you. And thank you, Club, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Club. Thank you. It was fun. Okay. And, uh, and and you look very comfy in your new chair there, I have to tell you. Oh, it's my old chair. It's just on the other side of the room. Yeah. Huh? Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Go Ukraine, right? <laughs> you bet. Yeah, you, boy. I'll tell you, they really, we can't talk about that, but they really embarrassed the Russians this week. They, uh, there's just so much going on. That is like really crazy, but it's interesting. But things are really coming to a head. So yeah, at some point I keep saying that, but it's like, when's it going to happen? I don't want to know. 
Anyway, thank you, Club, for joining us. Uh, Raven, it's now that time of night to say goodbye to you. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Really? I still don't believe you, Raven, and keep those Instagrams coming. (laughs) I will. (laughs) Wow, what's going on there? Yeah, okay. if anyone wants to prove that I'm I'm a real person, yes. I am That's on right. Instagram, so you can That's just right. follow me. Yep, we've got a number of uh, letters lo- wanting pictures of you, just to well, prove. It's all on Instagram. And you have your pictures account. on Instagram. And you can leave your hat on. Leave your hat I can on. leave my hat on. The, yeah. Which a lot of, yeah, most well, of I think the implication pictures, was I'm wearing a hat. <laughs> you know, something else. But anyway, it's good to hear from all the fans. Thank you very much. And uh, so, uh, very quickly, we we'll do the plugs. Homes for our troops. Homestar Troops is an organization that raises money for uh, wounded veterans from the Iraqi and Afghan war. They was they uh, build them houses that are more adaptable to their situation uh, after they uh, get out of the service. And that means like not a lot of stairs, low counter space, things like that help these people get along a little bit easier. Uh, they gave a lot in our name, so now it's time for us to give back to them. Homestar Troops builds them these homes, and then when the home is completed, they just built one down in Cape Cod, by the way, fellas. And when they, they yep, when the home is completed, they give them the keys. They rip up the mortgage. It's their home. They can go and you know lead, uh, you know, a productive, fruitful life. And they don't have that thing of a mortgage hanging over their heads. You know, so homes for our troops. Eighty-eight cents on every dollar goes right to our veterans. Please Google them and um, you know see what they're about. Uh, and that's it, kids. So, um, All right. yeah, wow, kind of an abrupt end there. But you know, we're hoping we're going to do a World War II trivia contest. Sometime in the next couple of weeks, got a lot of uh, you know family on that, and a whole bunch of other things. So until then, a whole bunch of other things. So until then, this is back for the entire crew, saying be safe, be happy, and bye bye. <laughs>